Welcome to Journey Through, Journey Through the Decacast, uh, episode, what are we on, 103, 102, 103? Uh, uh, Gib 7. <laughs> we are doing another Amazons episode this week because Garrett was uh, attacked and impaled on uh, a, a, spike. Pe- a branch by a tiny little bird. <laughs> He'll get better, but... Hopefully he'll be fine next week and can record another Ryuki episode with us. Yes. He's attacked by a Shrike. <laughs> and yes, we are we watched episode seven of Common Rider episode yeah, Common Rider Amazon's uh Game of the Butchers. Yes, yes, I believe we chuckled a little bit at the name last time. It's still pretty goofy. And names are just getting more and more dramatic. Though, as we le- as we both learned in research, uh, part of the plot of this episode involves a shrike, and shrike is like what the the Latin root for it is means butcher. Yes, the the so there is actually the, a reason that it's called that. Yeah, the family name of shrikes is Lanius, which is derived from the Latin word for butcher, and some shrikes are known as butcher birds. Yep, that is apparently what they're called in certain places that have more badass names for birds than we do here in America. Yeah, and, and looking up pictures of them, they just like look like little white, gray, and black sparrows. Yeah, they just look like any other random little bird you'd see out on a tree somewhere. No, they're carnivores that, for larger prey, will pick them up and impale them on spikes on trees. That's so hardcore. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Apparently it's usually bugs, so like, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. They'll do it to other things too, including other birds, so. So, uh, episode seven opens up with a passage of, it is now three leaks later from Jin's escape from... Oh, you, you need to tell everyone your name first, though. Oh, right. I'm that. Evan. Hello. <laughs> and I'm Chris, just like last time, though I'm given the intro since... As we mentioned, Garrett is uh, impaled currently. Yes. But <laughs> I probably am doing it a little awkwardly, but you'll just have it's, to live with it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, the, uh, I really like the intro to this uh, this episode. I like the... Uh, I, I totally thought that we were cold opening into later in a story where Har- where the team was, had to like fight Haruka. Yeah, because it's... It hits us with a three weeks later, and it scrolls down, and it is they're they're in a factory that's on fire. Or right. wait, no, that's no. What there's is, just is... random parts of the like things in the factory that are on fire. Oh no, it's like I I this like this factory itself. It has like the bunch of trays with all the different water on it, and it's making like I think it's like a body disposal in a morgue i'm not a hundred percent sure because i can remember seeing those type of machines or no or is it a burning or is a crematorium 
I'm not 100% sure, because I, I remember seeing the machines in, like, the beginning of Wolfenstein A New Order. Huh. When you're in the castle. But I don't remember. I, defi- I definitely didn't have that so much reference for it. I just assumed that they had lit parts of the place on fire for ambience. For ambience, yeah. But it is uh, Haruka on one side in his Amazon form, and the extermination team minus Mamoru on the other side. And it is shot in very a way to very much make you think, oh no, they were talking about, Haruka was talking about wanting to have the team be the ones to take him out. Is this what's happening? Yeah, it, it, it seriously looks like we just cold opened to the end of a story where Haruka has, like, gone crazy and the rest of the team has decided they have to put him down. But, Where? no, that is not what's actually happening, because as they start to have a little, a little bit of a back and forth between Haruka and the team, Mamoru runs in and knocks everyone down and tackles Haruka and is like, Stop fighting! No. Stop! <laughs> We're a team! We shouldn't be fighting! God! And, and Haruka's like, it, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. We're just, we're just practicing. No, no, dude, it's, it's fine. We're just, we're just, tra- it's a training exercise. It's a training exercise. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, Haruka like taps him. Mamoru, it's a training exercise. I, I, the guy who's doing uh, Mamoru's suit acting is great too, because I love the way that he like takes his huge mole claws and like just moves them around his face like he's like he's crying like he does, is crying like a human. That's yeah. a a really good bit of physical acting there. Cuz like the suit's hands are these giant like claw monstrosity yeah. things. Yeah. Giant mole claws. Though I am noticing now if if cuz I have it up again. If you're paying attention, you can see that Haruka's uh bracelet is still blue, so he wouldn't have technically lost control, but it's shot in that way. And the music going on is like the suspenseful do do do. Like yeah. oh no, yeah. The music's also doing the doom doom. Like yeah. right up until it's Mamoru. It's a training exercise, and the music just cuts out entirely. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, Mamoru, you're being silly." I know we told you what it was, but he probably didn't understand. All right, everybody, let's just get up and let's keep going. Uh, so, so they go back to it, but we cut over to their, uh, living space, and for the next scene. Yeah, because apparently it's... Haruka is now living with the extermination team. The shotgun guy is giving him shit, calling him Little Lord Haruka. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you're, you're Misazawa's son, so a distinction has to be made. This, uh, this, uh, this next scene, the, the shotgun guy, this had me cracking up, like, a ton, because, uh, b- basically he and Haruka start having this conversation where shotgun guy's like, your sister's been worried about you, she asked, she's been, like, texting me and asking for updates on how you're doing, uh, let me take a picture of you so I can send it to her, and Haruka's like, well, when, when did, when did you have this conversation, when did this happen? And Shotgun Guy is like, well, this is back when I was driving her home from that one fight where she saw you transform. And he he goes into this amazing bit of pantomime where he's, like, acting out what that drive was like. And he's like, oh, ma'am, he, he just has to protect you. He, he cares yeah. deeply. <laughs> and it, the way he's pantomiming this, like, he's clearly taking the piss a little bit. It's really funny. Because yeah, it it it's very much feels like oh yes, like if we were actually seeing this, like the scene from his view, this is how it was totally going because he's acting like 
he's doing his own voice a bit more dark and manly and just like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes, Misuki. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, he was trying to come off to this lady like he was part of a, a very serious group that, and their her brother had joined, like, an extremely serious and dedicated organization to protecting people. And, uh, just... es- essentially he, like, goes through this for a bit and he's like, no, I'll, I'll give you updates on how he's doing, because I know you care about your brother, so please give me your phone number and email address. <laughs> hey, yo, girl, can I get that number? <laughs> Which I just, like, fucking died. <laughs> Like, I'm I'm sure part of it is, oh, yeah, he wants to reassure her, but there is also a not insignificant part. It's like, hey, this girl's pretty cute. Let's see if I can get in on this. Despite, like, she's got to be way underage for him. Oh, definitely. She has, like, high school age. Right, right. So she's, like, what, oldest, like, 17 or 18? Yeah. But then he also tries uh, to kind of explain it as, oh, hey, boss, no, it's fine. Like, I know you're investigating Nozama Pharmaceuticals. Wouldn't it be good to have another inroad with the boss? (laughs) And, you know, fair, but I don't believe you. Right, yeah, Knife Lady is like, wow, what an amazing con artist. Mamoru says, hey, well, it was nice of you to look out for her like that. And Haruka just, like, he's got this look like he's, you know, kind of holding back a little bit of laughter, but, like, a little bit annoyed. Yeah. He gets a little bit depressed, thinking about Mizuki, and is looking at his uh, aquarium book again. It's like, oh... Here it's a is. really, it's a really good sequence for just showing that how much like how Hark has done a good like he's integrated into the team really well. Like they have a yeah. pretty close relationship at this point. Stop to yeah, I mean it's it, he's done fairly well in three weeks. Even though we learn later that I I think what has helped is we learn later that they've had a mission or two that well they've had one specific mission that he's like fucked up pretty badly on, <laughs> and I think that helped a lot with them being okay with him. Because, you know, fucking up together helps, can help breed closeness. Yeah, and camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so um, Har- when Harka picks up the aquarium book, he's got some more of uh, his internal narration about how he's, like, sad that he hasn't seen his sister, and he, like, really wishes that he had explained everything to her before he went off. Yeah, because he, he's specifically not kept any contact with her since he left. I mean, I mean, I guess I get it would be super awkward to just call her up on the phone and ask her how she was doing at this point. Yeah, but he needs to. He probably should. I mean, as someone who hates doing that and is extremely bad and will just not talk to people for years because it's awkward to talk on the phone, I understand what Harvey <laughs> yeah, is it's through. That, that horrible, horrible cycle of, man, I haven't talked to this person in a while. Oh, it'd be it'd be bad if I it'd be really awkward if I talked to them. I'll just put it off. Oh man, I haven't talked to this person in even longer. Oh, it'd be really awkward if I caught talk to them. Maybe I'll just put it off. Exactly. Yes. Oh, not a fun one. <laughs> we get a little bit of Mizuki uh, looking at pictures of Haruka, and she's just remembering him being kind of bright and happy and welcoming her home when he was eating his creepy ass pill food phone charm she has this this little white bear 
and it's shot like the bearer is important, so I'm suspecting that Haruka got it for her at some point, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I didn't really notice the bear that much. Oh, it, it it's just a very it's a really really short little cut right at yeah. the end of the scene for her. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's it's shot as if it's supposed to be important, but I have no idea why. Okay, yeah, I guess I I just didn't register that, but when I watched through the first time with everything else that was going on, but yeah, they do shoot the bear a little bit. It's got little ribbon that has "sweet bear" on written on it. It's a very cute little bear, and it's like um, her phone charm. Yep. So next we go to I think it's like a car junkyard where a truck is pulling back up. It's got a private property sign up, cameras all over the place. And a guy gets out of this car who's in, like, athletic gear. He's in a jogging suit, I think. He's in a jogging suit, athletic pants, tight shirt. And it's very much shot so that it you never see his eyes or his, like, the upper part of his face. Right, right. He's got and a very are... sinister air about him with the way that uh, the camera shoots him. Yeah. Uh, he sees some kid that's on a bicycle who is looking off into the distance, and he follows the guy, kid's, or the young man, not a kid, uh, young man's gaze, and, oh, hey, there's a woman up on the power lines. Yeah, draped over the power lines. The guy ticks his, uh, like this is his in, tongue. Like we're in Persona 4 or something. Yeah, no, that is very much the Persona 4 image. We can cut back to the... Extermination team who are waking up in the morning. Uh, he he does click his tongue like he's annoyed yes. about the body being up there, which I think is a, a subtle touch, but yeah. clues like, us I, in a little bit onto what's going on here. This this creepy guy in the jogging suit, even though he's only shown up in this one episode, he's got some very good characterization so far. Yeah, yeah, he's real interesting so far. He's, he's got a very he's got a real big serial killer vibe. <laughs> I mean, I. Ass- Okay, we we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but like, it this episode seems to imply that this guy is a regular human who is murdering people because he just likes doing that, and yeah. the and the extermination team throughout the rest of this episode they are confused because they are looking for monsters that are killing people and this for for food this guy's just killing people because he he likes it at least that's what it, it seems like is going on. And yeah, especially there is um, the part where the exterminate, like a li- little bit later, where the extermination team is like searching through the junkyard uh-huh. and they find a woman's dead body inside a van under a tarp. Right, right. And uh, I've never seen a. I, I don't think common writer, any common writer show I've seen definitely hasn't had this in here where someone is just murdering for non supernatural reasons. I mean, it makes me think of like original Showa Common Rider where it, it's they're not supernatural, it was all robots and Shocker is just like ridiculously evil. But other than that it wasn't I, I yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any I can't think of or haven't seen any common rider where it's just like, oh yeah, no, it's just we're interacting interacting with an actual serial killer. Right, right. And the fact that the characters are, like, totally unprepared for that possibility is kind of... I don't know, it's kind of... It's, it's like, playing with the audience a little bit. Like, because yeah, you don't nice. really expect that to happen, because that's just not typically what you do at a common Rider show. So, very much so. It's got, like, this fun little bit of back and forth with the, the yeah. audience buying into this drama here. 
So, uh, extermination team sits down for breakfast. It's uh, rice and fish. And uh, Mamoru has hamburgers, because that's all he ever eats. Apparently he's scared of fish or something? I, I think he just doesn't like it. Oh, okay. Um, he, he like, it, it's in the child. He's, Mamoru is, as usual, act acts, seems to act much more childish and young than he should. And I think it's just like the childish, ooh, no, keep it away. Yeah, Don't I suppose, mess with me. uh, yeah, I, I guess, like, it's, we've definitely seen that Mamoru has the mind of a child at this point. Uh, why that is the case is not really been revealed yet, but it seems like that is definitively what is going on with them. Yeah. Uh, so they're sitting down to breakfast and they start listening to a news report about the police finding the body hanging from the power lines. And it's not sure the cause of the death and her identity haven't been released, but it could have been an accident. I don't know how that would have been an accident, but they're treating it as a homicide. Uh, a freak trampoline accident. Yeah, she just tripped and fell on a trampoline and then bounced up. <laughs> uh, they get a call from Nozama I was just riding through town in my scissor lift when I crashed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. yeah, no, it's Watch Dogs 2. They're just riding on top of the scissor lift. Um... They get a call from surveillance, or like, hey, uh, so the police found a body this morning, and it's really weird circumstances. Oh, hey, we were watching that. It, it, the report is similar to the methods used by S443, which was two weeks ago, and where the one that where it looked like a shrike. Oh, hey, that, and the punch girl's like, oh, right. That was when Haruka fucked up! <laughs> it's yeah, his first was, actual hunt. She has a really good time, like, ribbing Haruka about this. The time, like, this was their first, uh, like, hunt as a team together, and he apparently just blew it. Because it, it cuts back to the fight, and there's, like, this silly-ish music playing. Haruka is fighting the Shrike monster, and he seems to be waiting for this time, because... Mamoru is bur burrowing through the ground to get ready for a combo attack, and Haruka messes up the timing so that he kicks the Shrike away before Mamoru is able to pop out of the ground, and then falls into the hole that Mamoru made, and they start- they, they can't get out of the hole and start <laughs> fighting with one another, and the Shrike gets away. And- Everyone seems very lighthearted about the fact of, oh, but the monster that we've been hunting that's been killing people got away, though. <laughs> I understand it's supposed to be like a little bit of a comedy, but man. I was a little the, unclear. The did they actually end up catching that guy or did he just no. escape totally? He escaped totally and he's he's the... It's shown later, but he is the uh, kid that was delivering or the young guy that was delivering newspapers right right because we see we see him turn into one of these monsters uh the surveillance team does mention that there were like two of the uh there was like a pair of these things though uh, at least well, i thought they did no i think they were saying that it, they were fighting that one but it wasn't killing people because they don't want to kill people before they start eating them because they don't want to eat decaying flesh. Right, right. 
Yeah, so so the one they are fighting in this flashback had not actually awoken and started murdering people for food yet, is the yeah. idea. Or it, it, it was kidnapping people, but it hadn't killed them for food. It hadn't killed them to eat them yet. Right, right. But uh, yeah, I guess it was impaling them on things like a shrike, which it, hey, this is like the first time I feel that they've told us what animal something's supposed to be. And uh, so, yeah, but uh, so it was storing the people for food later. I feel like if it is actually like killing them, then it doesn't it doesn't really matter if it's eating them or not. It's already kind of doing the bad thing. So, you know, it seems worth worth taking that one out either way. So they're like, hey, can we just finish our breakfast first and then we'll go looking? Okay, yeah. And surveillance clicks off. Leader's like, uh, everyone doesn't need to go. We'll send Mamaru and Kazuya. Kazuya's the shotgun guy. His name is Kazuya. Okay. They'll just go investigate, because, you know, we're not 100% sure. We don't need the full team yet. And, oh, hey, but the police report starts interviewing this guy who's got armlets on each arm hmm it looks like he's wearing two ipods <laughs> yeah i don't even know what these are supposed oh, to be yeah because okay the characters phrase them like arm braces to maybe be covering up an armlet that's not what it looks like to me it looks like he is wearing two ipod sleeves on each of his arms <gasps> just well, a bit well like one on each arm i mean but like yep. Runners will often wear like uh, uh, like a run like joggers. You you wear like an iPod sleeve to put your music player in or phone or whatever, and it just looks like he has two of them. Yeah, one on each arm, which would be exceptionally weird. But none of the <laughs> like I don't know. It, it just uh no yeah, no you're right. It's it's very weird. But the characters are all like oh maybe maybe he's hiding an armband or a bracelet, and I'm like I don't. He's he's wearing a skin tight a skin tight bodysuit and then like jogging shorts and a light, loose t shirt. Right. the The bracelets look or the the armbands he's wearing look smaller than the big tech medicine bracelets are. Yeah. There, there's like no root. There's no space for them to be hiding a big tech bracelet, unless you're saying that the Amazons can like morph the tech bracelets to look like other things. Yeah. I mean, anyway, this character shows up when uh, the, the news interviews a guy uh, who was like, uh, who saw the body. That's how they are tipped onto the fact that this guy might be the person they're talking, they're, they're looking for, because he, yeah. he speaks of the the dead body as if it was definitely a murder, instead of like he suspects it's a murder. So they're like, oh, that guy's definitely yep. uh, an Amazon. We should go after him. Instead of splitting up like we were previously planning on doing. Yep. So everybody starts getting ready, and Mamaru, or not Mamaru, Haruka, who had gotten a box, a shipment box earlier, pulls out a, his own exterminator jacket and puts it on. And everybody in the team is just kind of looking and smiling like, yeah, he's actually part of the team now. <laughs> Haruka looks good in this jacket. It's, it is a snazzy jacket. I like it. Yeah, yeah, he looks pretty cool like that. Though he's gonna, like, melt it off the first time he transforms, but... Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it would melt off. I don't think he melts it off. I think he, like, transforms with him. 
I think Mamoru is the only one where he, like, rips it off every time. You know, that might actually be just a Mamoru thing, because uh, later on when we, in this episode, we see Haruka detransform his head, and he was wearing an earpiece earlier that is still on his head when he detransforms. So maybe Amazons can transform the armbands to look like other things. Possibly. Eh, I don't know. We may find it out later. So everybody gets ready to go. Uh, we cut back to director Misazawa, who is talking with her assistant about, like, he's, well, he's wondering, you know, was it alright to leave Haruka with the exterminators? And Misazawa actually makes the correct call of, well, considering his reactions to me, it's probably a better idea that we don't antagonize him further. And we need his combat strength, so we're going to keep him somewhere that we can observe him. And we'll we'll start getting back to work on other projects that have fallen behind schedule. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is just a good point that, like, they didn't have anything better to do with him, so, you know. Yeah, it's, they, they didn't make the bad decision of trying to shove him back in the box. They can't trust, they make the statement of they can't trust Jin because he'll kill any Amazon. And that's apparently bad. Right, and when she when she says uh, other projects that have fallen behind, she follows it with, we can't trust the extermination team to buy time indefinitely. So presumably what she means by projects that have fallen behind is some sort of permanent solution to the problem of the hiding Amazons. Yeah. Not sure what, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, it cuts to Nanaha's and Jin's apartment where Nanaha is making some chicken. Jin is being real annoying shit in this scene. <laughs> Jin is being an actual, he's a, being a belligerent little shit in this scene. He's on his phone trying to get information about the killing, but Nozama's information control has started kicking in and is deleting things off the internet. And he starts going, oh man. Which I, I thought was a nice touch that, uh, like, there was news about the, the body hanging from the power lines earlier in the day, but now it's starting to disappear, so he yeah. he's using that as, like, a lead to that he might need to go after this situation. Yes, but man, it really sucks that we don't have a a bug anywhere there, and, and we can't get any tips. Man. Man, it really <laughs> sucks. Man, this man, it really sucks that we don't have that. My my senses aren't sharp like Haruka's. I can't detect them. Oh, maybe man, we can plant this... a bug. It sucks. Oh, this really sucks. And like she is cooking him like lunch the whole fucking time and I'm like, "Jin, what is wrong with you?" He is he is being a shit. He is being a real shit. And Man, I thought Nana, it's like Nanaha's, Nanaha's actor does a very good job of like slowly getting more and more frustrated up until she stabs uh, her spatula into the chicken and like grinds it around the pot. It's like, all right, fine, she fine. She aggressive here's, with the chicken grilling. Here's your fucking food. I'll go deal with this. Oh, thank you, Nana. You're my hero. Shut up. It's definitely making me, like, raise some questions about, like, who is the one who's doing the actual work in this partnership? Because, I mean, yeah, between it's... breaking him out of jail in the previous episode, 
handling the information gathering <laughs> and cooking the food. I'm like, wait, she's doing it all except for the turning into an Amazon thing. Yeah, and it's like he... Even earlier in the series, like when the bug first got put on the extermination team's truck, I'm fairly certain that was Nanaha that drove up and did that. So she's got... You know, for for a lady that apparently just stays at home all the time and drinks and hangs around with a gin, she's got a lot of skills. Like yeah, suspicious she, she amount. Have a, I hadn't really uh, thought about that, but yeah, she does have a surprisingly broad skill set. Yeah, it's interesting. I know that we know now that she's an Amazon too. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks, Garrett. She's uh, she's not an Amazon, guys. She's human. Completely human. But I am interested to see more of Nanaha's story. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I I feel like Jin acting this childish is... I, is the, I'm wondering if it's signaling something about the Amazon, like, changing the way his brain works or something, or... I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's about. It's... <laughs> Maybe he's just always been, like, a petty and childish person. Maybe it, it like that actually wouldn't really be out of character with what we've seen of him in other in other episodes. So no, it wouldn't, and it also kind of ties in to like my earlier statements I made in previous episodes, where Jin, as a human, is very slovenly and loose and blah, just doesn't really care, go with the flow. Where Haruka was very uptight and restrained and then you just swap it when they swap to their amazon forms mm, yeah yeah so i think the next sequence is when they show up at the junkyard and yes they show up at the junkyard they're like oh this place is suspicious and uh they send kazuya up to try and to try and get them access he keep he notices the camera and starts to mack in front of the camera a little bit and do poses and be silly. Right. And I think it's just him trying to, like, get his confidence up before he pushes the doorbell. Is like, how we go into a uh, scene where the cam a guy at a camera desk is watching and goes over. He's like, opens up for the intercom. He's like, oh, hello, sir. We're we're the pest control services and I'm here to disconnect. <laughs> they get nothing. Yeah. And uh, they're already, like, a bit iffy about whether this is uh, a helpful lead or not, because the captain checks with them, and they're not getting any armband signals, and he ch asks Haruka. Haruka's like, well, I'm not sensing any Amazons, but I'd have to be close to be sure. So they're already like, yeah. we're not sure if this is exact what like we're on the right track here. Uh, Nozomi, our punch girl, just wants to fucking kick in the door. And interrogate the guy. Um, as usual. And Captain Shido is like, nah, that, that'll probably just make things worse. And Haruka agrees with him. So instead, we're, we're not going to bust in. We're going to sneak in. And everybody gives a smile at this. And a little giggle. It's, I, I guess they really, really like sneaking into places for some reason. It's weird. The, they all get out with their weapons hidden in different, like, bags. 
Fuku is trying to tell, just kind of shoves Haruka forward. Because Haruka's confused that everyone's like, yeah, we get to sneak into somewhere. Fuku's just like, nah, you just gotta get used to that. Uh, we cut back to our athletic dude who is sitting inside his own small room starting to lift weights and is like, man, I hate it when people are creeping around. Why are they doing it? Peeks out the window and sees the team. He's consistently getting this I am possible creepy serial killer because we get to finally see his face head uh, nose up, but he's wearing wraparound sunglasses inside like a creepy boy. He still he still has his uh, two MP3 players on his arms. Yes. Uh, so he notices the team, but then it cuts to a pair of police officers, and I didn't realize this at first, who are, I don't know where, they're at some building. Yeah, they're investigating the murder independent of the everything else that's going on in this episode. Yeah, and they, they go find the young man who was delivering newspapers, who's kind of just sitting around behind the side of the building with a sandwich yeah, he's having like a lunch break it looks yeah. like yeah and they are they're like hey can we ask you some questions you were at the scene where the body was found this morning you're delivering newspapers right the guy's like oh yeah that was me and it, it does a slow zoom in on his face as the police keep talking and he obviously like something his eye starts twitching and he starts breathing heavily and he's like, oh, yeah. God, I'm so hungry. <laughs> and he starts emitting smoke and stands up and w starts walking towards them. And his face is growing like horrifying veins all over yeah. it. I'm so, so hungry. Uh, and also we cut back to the investigation team. The commander looks inside a van or opens the door inside the van. And this like thinks about it and it's like, oh, wait, no, let me look under this tarp. Oh, hey, team, come over here. There's a dead lady under this tarp. I think we found our guy. I'm like, no, I think you just found a serial killer. That's really what it seems like is, is going on here. It's a lady c covered in dry ice to keep her yeah. from rotting. Um, Back at the Shrike monster, he starts attacking the two police officers who freak out because they were not no, prepared for this today. As you would. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, Jen shows up. Uh, yes. He is uh, here to stop this guy. Uh, the investigation team also, like, as I imagine this happened, like, at the same time, where as right. soon as the guy transformed, the investigation team gets a call from surveillance. We're like, hey, we found, we, we got, we picked up a uh, a signal. It's the same type from two weeks ago. And the team's like, oh, great. We're there right now. No, no, that, you know, you're not. You're not it's where it is. Near you. It is nowhere near you. <laughs> yeah. And the entire team's like, wait, does that mean that this guy isn't vermin? Or are they both the vermin? I guess we better Scooby-Doo it and split up. <laughs> yeah. So they they leave uh, Mamoru and uh, Knife Lady here for the guy who is murdering people. And the rest of them go off to check out the monster. Yes. Uh, and the captain tried to open the front, to open the door to the guy's little shack. 
but it's locked and it goes inside and we see our creepy possible serial killer like being spooky around the corner. Yeah, he opens up a secret trapdoor and goes into his basement for something. Yeah, cuz it's like the the shack he's in is just like this little this little wood shack that's off to the side that looks like it's up on blocks that's way back in the back of the uh junkyard. It doesn't look like it would have a basement or anything underneath it. But it totally it does. It would have had to have been specially built or something. Yes. Oh, jeez, and I just note, like, we just, we, we learn it later, but uh, there's a bunch of gas cans up along the side of the building. Like, way too many. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, like, no, I... Like, kerosene canisters? Yes, I just noticed it this time. But yeah, so... Jin has showed up at the other area where our Shrike monster is attacking these people. Oh, wait, no. Before that happens, uh, it was we get, see him start to transform and attack the police. Then we go back to Mamaru and Knife Lady breaking into the guy's house after Knife Lady knocks on the door and gets no response. So she's like, well, if you're not going to answer, I'm going to break in. <laughs> starts to use lockpicks. Which I'm like, this is exactly the reason that they should not have left her there. Yeah. They knew that she was too direct. And our suspected serial killer, is, yes, op- <laughs> opens the hatch in the floor, and he all of his movements are, like, super smooth and slow, so as not to make any noise. It's very yeah, good. He's, he's got a real, like, you know, serial killer movie vibe going on. Yeah. Yeah, so he goes down into this hole, I think. Or does he? No. Well, actually, I don't know. It's it's shot as to either he could have gone down in the hole or he just hides somewhere inside this little building. But I'm yeah. not sure where he would hide. It looks like he went down in the hole, kind of. But if you're, like, really look at it in detail, he might have just uh, prepared, like, dropped something in there or prepared something in there instead of actually going down in there. Or just opened it to look suspicious. Right. Yes, then it goes back to the Shrike where Jin has showed up and is transforms and starts fighting with him. And the police officers are able to just run off because they... It's nice to see them just run away and make the smart decision. of Like, nah, fuck this! <laughs> it's my last day on the force, I ain't getting paid enough. <laughs> I'm retiring in three days. <laughs> Uh, Jin fights the Shrike a little bit, right up until Haruka, like, we get a bit of fun, actual, like, ridiculous slapstick, because Haruka drives up with his motorcycle and runs over the Shrike so that it does a flip in the air. It's like, oh, hi, Jin. Oh, hi, Haruka. Oh, hey, you're looking sharp. Haruka transforms and throws the Shrike off to the side, where it then gets run over by the extermination van. <laughs> It's very good. Yeah, this Shrike must be a fairly tough customer, because, like, both Jin and Haruka are fighting it, and the team is shooting it for a minute here, and it's, like, okay. Yeah. Like, it, it actually takes damage from the extermination team's bullets like the others haven't. But it seems to have fairly good a fairly good health pool. Um, There's also, at one bit in during this point, where I'm not sure if it's on purpose or not, but Jin just, like, kicks Haruka in the side. (laughs) 
Like it, it, it can be see, it could be seen as just, you know, it's combat. They're not used to fighting against fighting with one another, or right. it could also be seen as no, fuck you, kid. So, Haruka pulls a comma out of his belt. The the martial arts weapon, not yes. the grammatical element. <laughs> he just pulls a grammatical comma out of his belt. It's like, ha! Ah, grammar! <laughs> but yeah, he, he digs it into the... He, like, does a jumping attack uh, and hits this guy right in the neck. Uh, their blood splays everywhere, and... Uh, he the do the shrike monster turns back into his human form and killing a human is much harder for haruka and he can't actually attack at a guy or attack a human looking thing uh the guy, the shrike starts to stagger back to his feet right up until jin like goes up he's like ah oh, fucking christ all right get out of the way kid i'll deal with it but the shrike leaps away <laughs> with an extremely goofy green screening effect and haruka has fucked up twice also hey guys the armlet was damaged during the fight so we can't get surveillance can't keep track of it anymore his gps isn't working anymore yeah so both haruka and jin detransform, and uh jin comes up to haruka is like hey hey didn't you say that you were gonna hunt anyone that posed a threat and kill people that or kill the monsters that and protect the ones you cared about. Yeah, everyone starts acting like uh like Haruka really fucked up. I mean, this is the first time this has happened. Like we haven't seen the the Amazons generally can't detransform except for Haruka and Jin. Yeah. So that it's not clear if this guy's in a situation where he's permanently turned, but uh everyone's pretty annoyed at Haruka either way. Yeah. Jin even specifically calls him a naive little child. Yeah, and like grabs his hair. Yeah. What I, I do like uh he like grabs his hair and it's like, ah, oh, you idiot, and Hark just like gets stares back at him, which is pretty cool, I gotta say. Yeah. Uh so then we cut back to uh Punch Girl and Mamaru, who have broken into the guy's like little shack. Uh, Punch Girl sees that there is the hatch open in the floor. She's like, all right, Mamoru, stay up here. I'm going to go investigate this. She goes down in there. Uh, and Mamoru comes up and kneels next to it. And I'm this just a... like, wait, why didn't you check the rest of the trailer before you went down to the basement? What are you, what are you doing? Like, it's it doesn't seem like a very big trailer. And I'm not even sure where the guy comes out from, because Punch Girl's down there and she's like, there's nothing down here. Oh, wait, shit. There's a lot of gasoline down here, and it smells like gas. Oh, yeah. no. And there's a very good scene of Mamoru, like, crouched down, looking into the pit, and you see out of focus behind him the, our athletic dude creeping up behind until he shoves Mamoru down in the pit and tosses down a lighter, and everything gets set on fire, and he slams the hatch closed. Right. And uh, as the, as, uh, the lady is going down into the basement, it starts playing Armor Zone, so it's like, oh, okay, so it's gonna be a cliffhanger. Yes. It, it's, <laughs> like, I'm fairly certain they'll be okay, and the cliffhanger seems, like, it, it would be a good cliffhanger if I believed that they were in any actual danger. 
Right. I mean, yeah, Harka's literally like, or uh, Momoru's literally like a mole monster, so he should be fine, presumably. Yeah. The, we get an interesting... It, it's, uh, it would be, a, it's like if someone, they cliffhangered on someone throwing a birdman out of a plane. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> our our uh, preview for next episode is interesting because it looks like Mizuki and Nanaha meet and have a discussion. And our, our Shrike monster is able to, is going to try and give his side of the story. Like, you know, it's okay for me to eat people. <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah, I I actually don't know what the heck is it. I it's fine to eat people thing is is like. Yeah, I'm like. Mm. No, it's maybe not. he's gonna maybe he's gonna try and eat the murderer guy and then be like, it's okay. He he killed people first. He was a bad person, and I could eat the bad people, right? I don't think so. <laughs> of course, if Hark isn't gonna let that happen, that's gonna raise some issues because he's like eating Amazons already yeah uh yeah that is amazons for this week and it's yeah that is amazon 7 amazons continues to be a very very good show yeah it's uh yeah we really picked up after episode or well during episode 6 and uh we're keeping a lot of momentum going here yeah i mean it's considering that each of them is only about like 12 episodes long we're in the second half of this show already right right because let me see we've got yeah for the first season it only goes up to episode 13 so we've got mm, eight nine ten we've got six episodes left no all right yeah and uh next week's or well the next amazon's episode is hero or not to go along with kill or die so yeah, see, do you got do you have what it takes to be a hero and kill people, Haruka? That's what heroes do in this world. Guess we will find out, but yeah. Yep. Oh. Okay, well, I think that was pretty much everything I had for 7. Did we have anything else that you wanted to cover that we haven't gone over not, yet? Not that I can think of, really. It's just I'd well, so the music continues to be. I'm I'm continuously surprised at how well like the background music set, sets up and everything works together. Uh, Armor Zone is growing on me a lot. I kind of thought it was a little dumb the first time I yeah, heard no, it. But... Yeah, it it's very silly, but it's like no, it's it's a banger. I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of starting to like it a bit more at this point. So, yeah. Good stuff. But uh, yeah, I think otherwise we will cut it there for the week and uh, right. be back with some more stuff next time. Probably, maybe Ryuki. Hopefully Ryuki. We Probably. all get here. So uh, This has been Journey Through the Decacast. We're a podcast located on the internet at journeythroughthedecacast.com. On the website, you'll find links to the Twitters. For me and Garrett. For you, yes, for you and Garrett, and I'm fairly certain the network's Twitter is on there. Yeah, yeah, riceball dot, uh, riceball.net, I think. Riceball called. underscore FM. Riceball underscore FM. I am Wormuth Y, if you want to go to that, if you feel uh, you would like to. Garrett's is at Shadro, and even though he's he keeps he's he, he keeps getting mistaken for a... <laughs> Canadian health minister. Canadian health minister. <laughs> 
Uh, if you'd like to dispute anything we said or ask a question, our email is journeythroughthedecacast at gmail.com. And yeah, we'll probably be back with Ryuki or whatever's going on. Uh, so we're just a passing through podcast. Remember that. Have yourself a good old writer time. <laughs>